Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Jessen. And I'm Juliet. And today we'll be reviewing Daughter of the Forest, the first book in Juliet Marier's Seven Waters series. But before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform and please rate and review us. If you want more romance discussions, follow us on our social media pages at SWRerom, join our Facebook group, The Spoon Zone, and follow my YouTube channel, Jessen Reads Romance. If you'd like some podcasts, extras become a patron of the podcast on patreon where we'll have extra content including exclusive episodes and give away free stickers books and bookmarks the read romance enamel pens are now available on my etsy shop sw read rom and special shout out to all of our patrons we love and appreciate you thank you so much to all your support yes so um, I want to talk, it's not like super new news right by this point, <laughs> but I, we never really chatted about it, about how, um, the actor who plays, um, Simon is leaving Bridgerton yes. he's not going to be in season two. And I know that, sad. I know that a lot of people are upset about that. So I'm pretty sure he has a lot of big Hollywood roles coming up. And I think that that plays a role yeah. in it. Yeah. And then since the season seemed to be really following, that each season follows like a book each couple right it's really going to focus on anthony and kate right ah. and i think that's what a lot of people probably don't realize they're like so disappointed it's like each i mean each book is about that couple and so you may have cameos from the sisters and brothers and whatever you know you may not have everybody but yeah i think um his super stardom yes has <laughs> I mean, taken off which i'm so yeah, excited they even said too. that they might reboot the bond series with him what? as james bond and i'm like i could totally I would see go him for as that 100 percent. yeah because i know that a lot of people want wanted idris elba but um i think if, mm. especially if they want to reboot a whole series going with somebody who's younger would yeah be. but could you see him with the whole like you know snarky arched eyebrow absolutely eyebrow <laughs> look we were like the, freaking out about the eyebrow before it even premiered the show Ugh. and he did it so well so yes i could totally see that <laughs> you can totally like lick a spoon too guys. yes i totally am so excited <laughs> so and um we had an announcement for edwina and mary and two other characters that were cast and we just kind of got the names of the other characters mm-hmm. um someone speculated one of the guys could be the person who's gonna inherit the featherington estate ah, which i yeah. mean that wasn't a part of the book so right. completely in the dark about that one but I'm so excited because we talked about this whenever mm-hmm. they were they had cast Kate as a South Asian actress, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm crossing my fingers that Edwina and Mary are also going to be South Asian, and they right. are. And I'm yes. like, oh, yes, thank yes. God, both and beautiful, very, and I'm so excited about that. So I can't wait to see how the story is going to unfold. I hope they keep a lot of the same story beats as book two because it's my favorite. <laughs> like well, we're all the time. I know we're kind of purists when it comes to like the storyline. We really hope it follows the. Yeah, I hope that all of like the conflicts between anthony and kate stay the same right you know um well it, it seems I hope like it's not something greater like race and stuff because i would be just really upset about right. it if it if they make it about their race yeah i don't want it to be like that so yeah i just, I just we, want them kate, to have a really we good just want story. kate to be fiery we love like i mean if y'all listen to that episode it's just it's so freaking good not to be too spoilery <laughs> but she just goes toe-to-toe with him I just love and it's how amazing they go after each other all the time it's just the and best. it's just such a unique 
plot, yes. you know, as well. Yes. You know, so exciting. Well, is, I can't wait. It's probably not coming out until like next year though. Huh? <laughs> yeah. They'll torture Or us. maybe even yeah. like, I don't know, probably like not until like next December. Yeah. They like did December also, 2022. And I wish I knew exactly when this was, but they did also announce they had a big announcement with um, Henry Cavill and crew that they wrapped up uh, season two filming for Witcher. Finally. I know. And That's it just looks, be. he was in full like. Witcher mode. Guilt. Yeah, like for me, uh, you know, regalia and whatever. And he just looked like amazing on the last day. He was like, yep, wrap. That's a wrap. And I was like, oh my God. I'm excited to see where this series goes with that <sighs> one. I'm sure it'll take a while though, because that series has lots of like post-production stuff to handle. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Fun stuff. Exciting new series news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're here for it. We're so here for it. But we have a special book to talk about mm-hmm. today, Daughter of the Forest. This is one of the very first books that I ever read on my own the first books that Juliet ever recommended to me like yeah. seriously I'm pretty sure I'm pretty <laughs> I sure think it's Daughter of the yeah how did you crazy. even discover Juliet Maureen um believe it or not it happened uh, that's when I was teaching high school and it was one um I had this special class of juniors and they just were they were all into reading we're all like book nerds and I was right there with them and they're like you know you know have you have you read this have you read this and I was like no I was like I've never said this looks beautiful like I was looking at the cover I was like fantasy and you and I were kind of into the Sarah Douglas stuff at the time with all the fantasy elements and um I remember reading Daughter of the Forest and just being like holy shit like the there is something so special about her worlds and being immersed in like her writing it feels I know this sounds so cliche and corny to say it feels magical but it's like I can feel it yeah. I can feel it. It's you very know, when immersive. I'm reading. It's yes. very, very immersive. I think that one of the most – and I don't like, like – especially my, my pace of reading and the style of um, books that I like to read now differ a lot. But, like, right. I picked up this book and it, it's been uh, – maybe like four or five years since I've reread this. Yeah. Um, Much longer for me. Yes. And I still felt the same way. I'm just like, gosh, this is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I can picture this. I can picture Seven Waters. I can picture the lake. I can just picture these characters so clearly. And Juliet Marier does a wonderful job of like, establishing the characters before the story kicks off so it's a bit of a slower paced story but i like yeah. i loved it i love yeah. it so much so yes. let's talk about the characters real quick so our heroine <laughs> and i'm so sorry if i butcher these um irish names because they have some pronunciations that it's not for an english speaker an english american <laughs> speaker phonetically you know yeah. easy to pronounce whenever you're just looking at the name all the gaelic speaking people yes and i always have pronounced her name wrong in my head because what i read this whenever I was 13, right. so I'm just like phonetically, Sorsha. Well, I did too. I pronounce it Sorsha <laughs> myself, which it's which not. Which it's not. It's, it's Sirica, and I'm sure that I'm not rolling my R enough, but it doesn't matter. So our heroine. There's <laughs> only so much you can <laughs> ask of us, y'all. I'm, I'm scared. Sorry. I'm scared to go too hard. I'm scared to go too hard on on uh, the accent. So yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, Serka is the seventh daughter of Lord Colum, but she was supposed to be a seventh son because her mm-hmm. father was the seventh son of a seventh son. So it was like this pattern that happened. Yes. All the seven water siblings, it followed that pattern. And um, this was also whenever Serka was born, her mom died after yeah. giving birth to her. And so it was a very <sighs> – her birth was a very tragic mm-hmm. um, time for her father, and she has six older brothers. And basically they kind of raised her because yeah. – her father went into like this deep depression after his wife mm-hmm. died and he turned a little bit like hardened. He got really obsessed with war because since they are living in Ireland and this is like pre-medieval, was this medieval times? Okay. If it's, anyone have, has watched The Last Kingdom, it's around that time. Yes. I pictured that setting. Yes. Like it's in the 800s. Yes. It's early medieval. And um, so they're at war with the Britons. There's this, there's these three little islands that they're kind of warring over land that the Britons came and like disrespected basically the mysticism of the islands. Mm -hmm. So her father has turned his attention toward that. And so her brother just kind of like raised her Mm -hmm. and they were running wild. Yeah. And I love her family so much. Her brothers are amazing and we'll talk about them more in the spoiler section, but um, she and two of her brothers, they're kind of a little bit more mystical. Yeah. Um, like three of her brothers are very like, you know, the warrior lighthearted type. warriors, yeah. you know, lighthearted type of people. And two of her brothers are like more into mystical, yes. druidic arts. Right. And she and her brother Finbar can speak mind to mind. And so it's, there's tons of Celtic mythology in here. There's lots of fae influence. Oh, God, they call yeah. them the fair folk. And I really love Sirica, and I don't want to, like, get into, like, what exactly happens. We have so much to say. Yeah, We have a lot to say. (laughs) But suffice it to say that something happens where her brothers have basically a curse put on them, and she, there's a task set forth for her, and she has to complete this thing in complete silence, and it is a daunting task for her in order to save her brothers and her family. And on that journey, she meets the hero, Red, Red. and his real name is Hugh, and he is a Briton. And so, like, it's like Irish The enemy. Britain, the enemy. Yes. You're not supposed to fall in love with him. And freaking Hugh. There's so much to say about him. He's like a gentle giant. <laughs> yes. I freaking love him so much. Yes. And I can't wait to talk about them. So, if you've not read this book and you're interested in more fantasy history historical fiction with slight romance because this is not I would not consider this a straight up romance right but it does have an HEA at the end and I think it's really beautiful so that's why we put it on the podcast because it was one of our favorites and one of the things that bonded Juliet and I and I was like I'm putting it on there because I think it's beautiful (laughs) and it's like like she said it it is more of a fantasy but the romantic elements are very heavy Mm -hmm. in the second half of the book yes you know exactly exactly so we're heading to the spoiler section all right, spoilers. Yes. So we have a very interesting introduction to the family, and it's when uh, she and Finbar, Circa and Finbar, and uh, one of the other brothers, I think it was Podrick, they were by the lake, yeah. and they were just like hanging out, relaxing, and she's pretty young, and like I said, she's been, her brothers take care of her, and she's like this wild child, three-year-old <laughs> that just like runs around barefoot, yeah. her hair's wild. Like a little tomboy. Yes, little tomboy, and she sees this pretty flower, and like Finbar tells her, no, don't pick that flower, but he's too far away. Um, to stop her and she picks the flower anyway. And this is a thing where they call it star, star wart, wart. And it's like a nettle plant. So it has mm. really tiny, like 
microderm needles, like yes. very, very tiny needles. And she's like, it stings. And because it's like kind of like, I don't want to say like poisonous, but it like inflames the skin. And so th- this was her first introduction to this plant, which becomes a huge part of the story. And I really <laughs> love how Juliet Murray like introduces that plant like, right. right away. Yeah. And establishes It how- almost made me wonder if the a uh, fave. Fair folk chose that plant because of her early maybe you know experience know. with it. You I don't know. know. I was it's thinking just about so that. freaking cool. Yeah, I love the introduction. And then we get introduced to all of her her, her, brothers. her brothers, which we have Liam, who's Liam's going to old, inherit. Yes, Liam's the oldest, training to be the yes. next leader of their and Tua. He's, and he's fallen in love with uh, Ailish, um, who lives in the neighboring. Yes, Seamus Redbeard's daughter. Yeah, and I yeah. love how whenever their engagement was announced, Circa was like. <gasps> What? No, he can't no, marry he her. Marry she her. like she's like so simple and just like she's no fun and like why? I don't want things to change. And like you know, notices how she's a little bit curvier than you know, and yes. it's just like so. Alish is like a very like girly girl, and yeah. um, she doesn't really have too much in common with Circa, uh, but not not mean at all like yeah. there's nothing wrong with her circa yeah. is just like it's just like oh my god my brothers are i can't see them as married i just see us running She's, wild she all, was a little jealous time. i think yeah. because they were they were hers they were her brothers and yes. she loved i mean she's a young girl she loves her life on in the forest she's uh, she even calls herself the daughter of the forest often mm-hmm. yes you know and that you know this is their land this is their home and it's like this beautiful lovely um mystical place so. and then we have dearman who's also very like war and then we have the twins connor, connor and cormac and cormac they're complete opposites yeah. they're like two cormac's halves of the a warrior coin. boy as yes. well he has the dog lynn is oh. his dog yes he like uh, who plays a major role her. in this story yes like Lynn the for dog. a while yeah, you know. she's, she's a little mutt, and yeah. uh, Cormac saved her. And yes. then Connor is a scholar. Yes. He's the one that um, scribes, basically, like, takes um, control of the household accounts and does something. Yes. And they honestly, especially for Finbar and Connor and uh, Circa, they had a interesting upbringing because there's a hermit that lives um, nearby, Father Brian. Father Brian. And the, he teaches them how to read and write mm-hmm. and also how to speak the language of the Britons. And yes. so they they can speak both languages. And so they're very learned, mm-hmm. um, especially like it, they, they mention how that's like not common at all. Like right. having people who could read and write is just like not common. Yeah. And Finbar also, so one of his things is he has premonitions. He has yes. visions. And he He's doesn't always like to share them. He's the of them yes, all. Yes. The most in tune with like the 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 wise ones. The yeah, old and ones. they all love their sisters, but Finbar especially loves his sister. He's yes. very close to her. They spend a lot of like private time. I think they're closest in age besides uh, Padriac, which yeah. is the younger son between yeah. her and Finbar. And Padriac is the animal lover. So he's always like, you know, and the traveler. He, yes. he like wants to explore new worlds and stuff. And I love he, his he's the adventurous little. Little, little boy who everyone says that he's going to go far in life, like actually far, like travel. Places. Yeah, like you're actually going to go far. <laughs> yes. And so the dad, Lord Colum, he has a kind of contentious relationship with Finbar because Finbar questions him a lot. Yeah. And also Finbar and Circa are the only two that really look like his dead wife. Yes. And so he yes. he just can't stand to look at them really. And he's tougher on Finbar because Finbar questions this war. Like, oh, well, like, yeah, I mean, why are we doing you this? just say that they're in Enemies, but like, have you ever tried talking to them? And I kind yeah. of really love the way that Juliet Marie does this. She does this in almost all of her books. That's like, yeah. 
have you ever talked to the enemy and seen their side? Every <laughs> right. time. And I love it. I love the way that she explores it. She also like really intertwines Christianity and paganism, which was true to the time. This was like mm-hmm. the first push of Christianity into, you know, Great Britain. And yeah. I, I just really love it. And I love how like Father Brian never like pushes his faith on them at no. all. Like, and he respects their ways. And it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's just like, it's a very harmonious situation. It is. It I is. Really it love is. it. So one night, whenever they're all sitting in the hall, her fathers capture this warrior. But whenever Circa looks, she's like, he's not that much older than me. Yeah. You know? And he's a she's teenager. only 12 years old. Yeah. And she's like, this, this is kind of, this is a boy. Yeah. And he is beaten. And the father is basically like, hey, we're going to get the information out of him. Basically torture. Mm-hmm. And Finbar asks Circa, like, I need your help. I need your help to save him. And Sarah's like, what do you mean save him? <laughs> like, we could get in a, a bunch of trouble. But she is experiencing, like, herbs. And she's exp- she's a healer. She's self-taught mm-hmm. healer. Um, she's learned a little bit from Father Brian, but she's just kind of, like, experimented. And so he's like, I need you to make a potion to basically knock out the guards because yeah, I need to, to try to get him get mm-hmm. him out of here. And so this starts the journey with uh, Circa and Simon, mm-hmm. where Finbar takes him to Father Brian to Out heal. in the woods, right. So out he's sort of secluded away from uh, their estate or, or fortress, castle, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> back then. Um, and I love this relationship that begins between her and Simon. Because Simon, of course, is you know, he's like a feral animal. He's been, you know, like an animal that's been injured. It's just like he's angry. He's, you know, you know, f- Battles them every time. I love every time the father, Brian, tries to touch him. He's like, don't you touch me. But he yes. allows her to start to heal him. And, and at so, first it's kind of like a punishment. He tells her, like, you see what your kinsmen have done, have to, done me. to me. Y'all right. are evil. Like, this is this is what your kind do. And so this is where Circa's, like, first taste of, like, she, she knows that her family goes off to war. Right. But it's a very, like, distant thing. It's not anywhere close to them. So yeah. she doesn't have to experience any of the, the, the horrors of war. And so now she, he's like, let her tend to my wounds and see what they've done. Yeah. And she even has like, has to go outside and cry after that because she's just like, is it true? Like we, we do all this type of stuff. Like this is, this is yeah, terrible. This, like, my father, my, my, my big brother, Liam, who like has always like tended to me and loved me and cared for me. Like it's hard to reconcile that. That and, they torture to this extent yes. for information, whatever. And I like how Father Ryan consoles her and says like, you know, it's sometimes people war and they don't even know why they're warring, but your brothers, your kind of generation, mm-hmm. they're not as fanatical as, as your father, as your father mm-hmm. and his father's father and all that. So I see a sense of change coming or mm-hmm. whatever. So, um, yeah, Circa has to stay up by Father Brian's, um, little cottage and tend to Simon. And she really has to like heal his mind as well as his body. Yeah. He wakes with nightmares every night, like every single night and frequently. And, um, it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing that occurs because he's, He's so angry till the very end when they separate. But when Finbar comes to visit and is like, you know, you should probably come home. He like grabs a knife and puts it to her throat. But then I love this scene. I know. I love this She's scene like, too. 
Let me take care of this. Yes, it's fine. Just and she pretends to pass yeah. out, and yeah. like he immediately drops the knife that knife he had been holding, like, and he catches her because he doesn't want her to fall. Right. And basically, the circus like, you see, he doesn't want me hurt. Like right. he's he's not he's not as vicious as he yeah. he seems to be. Like he cares about me, and like she's taken. It's been like weeks and weeks, and she tells him stories, like oh, these I fantastical the stories. stories. And he like at first he was scoffing at them, like you believe this, like so stories stupid. of giants and fairies, like. Those are childish stories, and she's like, I don't know. Yeah. Who's and the happily ever afters. They're yes, all the like, and he's like, that does, that's not realistic. Yeah, she you know, tells you're a him, child. Um, a story about this guy who had this cup, and like only the worthy could drink from it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, he didn't want to drink for it, and he had to wait like decades for his love to come out from the forest. And they mm-hmm. were both like old, and so he waited for three decades, and then they both drank, and then they both turned back um, to their younger selves and like lived happily ever after and stuff, <laughs> which com- kind of comes um, up later toward the end of the book, but. <laughs> Um, he in turn tells a little story and this is how we get to know Simon a little bit better. Um, and we also find out that he's was pretty worried about what he told them while he was being tortured. He's very scared that he revealed something and is going to be kind of like rejected by his family yeah. um, for being like a traitor and not being able, able to hold out um, through torture. But so he tells a story and he was like, there once was a, once was an older brother and he was like, everything perfect. Everyone and loved him. Everyone <laughs> loved him. He barely had to do anything. And then there was the younger brother and he just, even though he did everything just as good as the older brother, he just wasn't quite good as good as the older brother, mm-hmm. like in, in people's eyes. So we get a hint of jealousy. Right. This jealousy that Simon holds for his older brother and, um, basically says like, he went off to war and stuff like that and based in he how he was afraid um that he spilled secrets and he was like well how would you end a story like this and so circa's like you know it could be he did like three tasks and then found a lady and then like lived happily ever after and like totally forgot that to worry about his brother and his jealousy because he got a life of his own right <laughs> kind of like you know move on like move on it was and like, great like, find something else to inspire you rather than this competition with your brother mm-hmm. and he doesn't like that he's like no <laughs> no but she does she gives him she keeps going okay well how about this how about this and he and he, he gets he's so defiant but he's like what's another way you know he's always like but what else could happen and it's interesting you know? though, too because she's like well what happens if the older brother dies and the younger brother inherits everything that the yeah. older brother has and gets everything that he wants like how would he feel about that and he like kind of like laughs darkly and just kind of like uh like no i don't think he'd feel good about that either and it's just kind of like it's a loser yeah. situation yeah. for simon but that's it's really important because you can just see what what was driving simon and what what um led a 16 year old boy to join this campaign and to be in the front line to be captured by the enemy it was kind of like as a point to prove hey i'm doing something that my brother's never done yeah and going to war and i'm bigger and badder than him type of thing but then um her brothers come to get her one day not just finbar who is the one to help but um liam and cormac and all yeah. of them and it's because their father's back early from war with 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 an interesting development next to him. <laughs> Very interesting, boobalicious development. <laughs> Lady, Lady Una. Unog. The Lady Una is all lightness and sweetness and beautiful flaming red hair. And Dermid, the second son, is like obsessed with her. Bewitched, and, literally. Like Circa, the second that she meets Lady Una, can tell something's wrong. Yeah. Like can tell, like, it's like 
the way that her father's acting is a little bit strange. Mm-hmm. And Liam notices too. It's really, honestly, everyone notices except Dearmond and the father, Lord mm-hmm. Colum. They, they, they've, they've yeah. like been bewitched by her. So like, she basically is a sorceress. Yeah. And she has come to Seven Waters and everybody's like, what is her game? Yes. And Finbar is like, be wary, be afraid. Like, don't, don't catch yourself like yeah. alone with her. Like, be on your guard. And there's this one moment where she's brushing Circa's hair, basically saying, like, oh, you're such a wild child. This she was gives the a creepiest. lot of like backhanded compliments. Yeah. She's and- very, um, well, she's manipulative. Yes. And she, um, tries to get information from her. But this is the creepiest ass moment as she's like brushing her hair. With her own brush, by the way. And I was like, is she going to use her hair in some kind of spell? Me too. Like, I, I was, was like, like oh my God, she's a witch. She's a witch. She's going to do something to I her. I was like, Sarah, run. <laughs> yeah, run. She's like, there's these little like animals and demons on the side on the of mirror. her mirror. And their eyes are jewels. And they move and sparkle like... When she's she's brushing her hair, like the creatures are watching her. She's basically like putting Circa into a trance, and she's yes. kind of act, she's asking about she's taunting Circa, being like, "Oh, Liam, he's so serious, and like you know that he could have done so much better than the um, Alish, and mm-hmm. she just kind of like she's like a wilting flower, and like Circa, who had previously been jealous of Alish, like came to her defense, and being right. like he loves her, and like she's yeah. amazing, and yeah. basically saying like. If you want to hit Liam, base everything that Serica reveals, it's like, if you want to hurt Liam, here's how to do it. She doesn't mean it that way, but right. ev- every moment, like, oh, like, what's, what's what about Podrick? Hit? And yeah. it's like, he loves to heal he animals. He animals. has a barn full of animals that he heals. And like, Cormac is a very serious warrior, but um, he loves Lynn. And just like all kinds of things that she keeps revealing about her yeah. brothers. And, and she like what? runs from the room. Yes. And she like, she notices. She, she did something. Yes. That she revealed something. And it's mm-hmm. almost like, this is what, Simon must have felt like too whenever he yeah. was being like oh, tortured. Also, we need to mention also when they she was parted from Simon because she had to leave Simon abruptly and oh, he did forgot not. About that. Gifts. I know, and he did not want her to leave. He even says, like, yeah, yeah. don't leave me. Don't yeah, go. I know. He first he does, he takes a lock of her hair and then he gives her this little wooden coin he's carved, and it is of a um tree, a great tree with three lines at the bottom, like a river running in front yes. of it. Yes. So we'll find out that is later. important later. So she has yes. to hide that. Yeah, she hides the uh, and coin. And we find out at the moment whenever Circo was fetched from Father Brian's cottage, he wasn't there. He he got called away, but he was supposed to be back and when Father Brian's called to marry the Lady Una to Lord Column, he mm-hmm. was like, whenever I got back to my cottage, Simon wasn't there. So we, right. we don't know what happened to Simon. Yeah, we have le- no idea yeah. what happened. He, he was like, gone. He, he left. He took a step and left when Circa left. And so some odd things start happening. The first yeah. one was that Podrick is so mad because he's like, yeah, look at Lynn. Her face is like bloody. She has a gash across her face. And tells Circa, like, Cormac hit her in the face with a staff whenever he was practicing in the yard. But the way that he describes it, saying, like, he was just suddenly overcome with this huge burst of anger. Mm -hmm. And, like, it felt like he wasn't even doing it. And that's whenever Finbar and Circa come to his defense and being like, what if Lady Una was the one to do that? Because she was standing on the steps watching them at sword play. Cormac's like, she was there. Yeah, and so now we see like be on your guard. She's, she's, she's trying, trying to and, and like why, why would she each make other. him do that? Yeah, and it's to tear the family apart. Yeah, it's to, it's to take away everything that they hold dear and make them turn on each other and make them despair. And there's 
like all of Podrick's animals are like killed. Yeah, and it's like just the kitten's like, mother dies, and then yes. the old donkey dies, and then like yeah, it's it's like this is it's not tragic. And then Alish, yeah. who had been visiting, suddenly becomes sick. And oh. Circus called to help her. And she's like, I recognize this. It's this monk's wood. Like someone yeah. poisoned her with monk's wood. And it had to have been deliberate because you have to give a person monk's wood in so minute a fashion if you want them to survive because it's right. that it, powerful. Right. So like it was deliberate. It had to be somebody who would knew what they were doing. Yes. And she was like, Liam's all for like ready to accuse Lady Una. Mm-hmm. And Circa's like, that's what she wants. She wants you yeah. to accuse her. There's no proof in Lord Column's going to fly off the handle defending his wife. Right. And Derriman has does not want anyone to say bad things about Lady Una. They try again and again before they're even married to talk to their father, and the father just won't hear of anything. Yeah, and it's like he's completely under her spell. Completely. And the final straw was that Circa has this garden where she tends to all of her oh, herbs and God. flowers. And whenever she goes, um, the servants had dug it up and like burned it. And she was just Burn like, the why? Entire why thing. would you do this? And they were under orders from the Lady Una. Yeah, and it was like, devastating. It, like, it was crushed, like crushed her. Yes, she was like sobbing uncontrollably. That's whenever the brothers are like, yeah, we they kind of. I love they kind of gathered in her like gardening hut, like they yeah. were like all you know, kind of like a, a family conference. Everybody except for uh, Dermid, who is you know they know he's like under her spell, and so this is when they're like, we have to do something. And Connor, who is the wisest of them all, says, "Everyone, meet me at the um, our tree by the lake tomorrow. Get yeah. Dermid there. However, you need to get him. We need to do a ceremony before dawn. So they yes. have like they're going to use their sort of." magic <laughs> there's seven waters magic to try to um conjure a protective spell or yes, something Yes, because finbar and circa seem to be like the main um opponents of lady una yeah because they are the ones that can actually kind of sort of resist her and see her for who she is and lady una even like looks at finbar and says ah the enemy of old like it's yes. very like very creepy she recognizes the magic that's already in yes. them it's like they're born with it yes you know? and connor um he's on the way to becoming a druid but secretly yeah. because like all the druidic arts are kind of dying out and so they kind of keep it on the down low yeah and so secretive. he has some power again like the, these three characters so whenever they're gathering by the tree which is a tree that they planted on the night that they're or the day after their mom died and so it kind of represents the mom yeah by the lake lady una interrupts this spell. of course appears they think it's the lady of the uh the lady forest, of the forest right the lady in the, the blue cloak mm-hmm. yep and, and um it's not. it's not it's her and she puts a spell on all of the brothers i and love finbar into tells swans. her yeah and finbar tells her run like in his you know and so circa escapes before the spell takes hold so she's free of it but they're alternate swans this reminds me so much of like the children of lear which they mentioned yes. in the story yes. which it's is all based on that it's Celtic. all based on yeah. those it's so cool Such i mean it's retelling. so sad but it's so cool it is it is and so she runs into the forest and she actually sees the lady of the forest mm-hmm. and deirdre and she's like why were you not there and she was like you have a journey to go mm-hmm. on and if you want to turn your brothers back into men you have to do these tasks and so this is what she sets for oh, her god she has to make six shirts for her brothers. And Circa's like, okay, cool. I'll make them No some problem. Shirts. And she's like, but you have to make it from the Star Wars plant. You have to make <sighs> it from the singing plant. And you will not be able to talk at all as long as you're still making the shirts. Because if you talk before you're able to make the shirts and put them on your brothers, then they will remain yeah, not forever. Not only not talk, you can't. 
you can't make a sound, you can't cry, you can't gasp, you can't, yes. like, there can be no... Silence completely. No, yeah, and this is like, this is what throughout the story, when there were moments when I would just be want to be like, you yeah. know, or something, yeah. like, for her to be able to eat or even cry Express out. anything. She can't, and you know, and this is like, I mean, the things that... Ugh, that happened to her that she can't even like cry out in pain yeah it's just like whenever she first starts gathering the plants so she has like a little like cave that she finds kind of near the lake and it's a really really big lake and um also we find out later whenever her brothers are able to meet her twice a year at like um midwinter and midsummer and they're able to turn back into men just for 24 hours basically Mm -hmm. And so they meet her the first time. They see her hands. They're, like, swollen. They look like yeah. like bare paws now. And they're like, what are you doing? And, like, so she had even asked the Lady of the Forest, like, well, my brother can talk to me mind to mind. Like, I can't stop yeah, him. Yeah, because like, they're not – so she can't tell her tale to Yeah, anyone. she just can't say it say it out loud but it's okay if she says stuff to her brother Finbar mind to mind she just can't talk about it explicitly but they yeah. all figure it out pretty quick yeah and so they're like okay we're gonna set you up for winter and um, we'll see you like in six months and stuff like that so she's on her own for almost two years yeah. in this fashion slowly and each making time, her shirts. yeah and each time Finbar becomes very he um, is the most affected by being a swan yes he's and withdrawn he, he's withdrawing and we can also see that he's having visions bad visions yeah he, he doesn't want to tell her, Circa, you need to abandon this. You need to abandon this and go away. Go far away. Like, he keeps telling her. It's like, and she's like, what is it? Tell me. And she, he's like, I don't know if it's real. And if it isn't real, I don't want you to be afraid. You know, like, I can't share this thing with you. And so he, he's obviously having bad premonitions. So we're all getting this sense of foreboding, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, that's coming on. And it's literally, it's either, it's either the night of midwinter or the night of the solstice. And she had actually... Um, like bumped in the woods into a family that was walking through the woods of a simple guy. I guess yes. he's like like a special needs sort of yes. person. Yes, and, and, he, and he, he sees was, her and he calls her fairy he calls her girl. Fairy. He's like, oh, fairy girl. He fairy thinks girl. he's seeing a he fairy thinks, of the yes. forest. He thinks he's seeing a fairy because she's this tiny little pretty thing Wayfish, with bright green yeah. eyes, you know. And she escapes, but later. <laughs> He apparently, this simpleton, told two other people, two other boys or men, young men in the uh, town, village, whatever, and they find her. They yes. find her the night that her brothers are supposed to return for that night, and they rape her. And um, and it's God, it's a brutal, yes. a little bit of a brutal description. Of course, she, I just skipped. I just skipped that part this time. I know. Like I've read this book God. so many times, I don't read this part. Well, I have not read this in so long, so I was trying to relive every moment, and I just, like, the fact that she could not even, like, cry out. Yeah, I don't want to imagine this. You know, like, yeah, so we move on. <laughs> this is so, very depressing. It is. So she, so it, this happens, and they flee, they leave her, she goes into her cave and basically curls up into a ball, and her brothers show up. Oh, and, and they the saw it. Oh, yeah, they killed Lynn, who so had been sad. protecting her. And that was Cormac's dog. But the, they were swans, and she'd seen them on the lake. So they knew what had happened. They had, like, kind yes. of witnessed it, um, but as creatures. And so now they're, um, you know, they're there. They go, three of them go off. They get vengeance. They kill them. Finbar I love included, how, which is interesting because he's not a warrior. No, but he wanted He blood. wanted revenge. Yes. Like he, and we kind of, like, can surmise that he kind of foresaw this, and yes. it came true, and he feels terribly about it yeah. i mean um he doesn't want his sister to experience that yeah um Podrick 
patches her up as best he can because he's like the animal healer. And so yeah. he has skill with healing and patches her up. And she is just, now she's afraid. Yeah. Now she's fearful of men, even of her own brothers. And they try as best as they can to comfort her. And it sucks because they can only be there for 24 hours. Right, I know. And then they have to leave. And so she goes into a depression, not making any shirts, not doing anything. Yeah, she's not sewing. Um, she's alone now. She doesn't even have Lynn. And then finally she hears a voice because she sometimes hears the voice of the fair folk. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's time for you to move on. Mm-hmm. You've got to go. And mm-hmm. so like she just kind of like climbs into this boat that's on the river. And yep. she just like goes is out into swaying the in there. And then one night it's like really storming. Oh, and can she we gets talk closer. really? Yeah. Can we really talk about like the mermaids that speak to her? Oh, yeah. They're while like, she's in the wouldn't boat? it be so much just simpler to just to like come? You like, can forget yes. everything. All your worries would be gone if you just slip over the edge of this boat. And, Y'all, like, come this... down with us. It'll be peaceful. No more hurting. No the more pain. The way Moralia writes these scenes, like I literally feel like these things are real. Yeah. And it's amazing. She's really the good The way at she that. creates this magical world that feels so tangible. Yes. You know? And so this was an amazing... And then she, and then she's, of course, she's kind of like, huh, laughing at the mermaids because she's talking in her mind to them and they're going back and forth. She can always speak to the fair folk in their minds. So they have this tele- telepathy. And, um, but I love how the, when the storm's coming up, she's like, okay, wait, where am I going? Yeah. <laughs> she's a little bit like, wait, where was I supposed to be going? You yes. know, she's like, I know I was supposed to have some sort of, you know, you know, goal, but she couldn't remember or couldn't figure it out. And then the storm just sweeps her up and carries the boat um, toward, you know, toward sea, I think almost. They're almost like at to the ocean. But yeah, anyway. So she's kind of like not really paying attention that much. She's kind of in a trance um, in her own despair and also just kind of like, well, I have no control over this boat. And then she hears these voices on the shore yeah, and she can and see lights she, and yeah. sees like a little lantern, lantern. And someone's like, oh my God, there's a girl on the boat and someone dives in to come and rescue her okay this is our first introduction to red yes and we hear we hear the other guy saying like red you're crazy you know and like pulling her to shore she's fighting now because she's like get your hands off me yeah and he's like oh my god stop squirming i am saving you yeah and brings her to shore and so she can't talk and so everyone's like oh my god she must be like you know she can't talk she probably can't understand us and what i find um, interesting too is she's wild yeah she's going crazy what i find interesting too is that she um she immediately panics and looks for her bag and he's carrying it it's almost like red has always been like he's i mean he y'all he's destined yes to be a part of this journey and like he was through some forethought didn't just grab her but saved her satchel from falling yes, into the, the ones lake with the completed yes. shirt and with yes. her supply exactly. and everything well he digs through it because they're trying to find a change of clothes because she's sodden yeah and he pauses because he sees something in there but he doesn't say anything yeah doesn't say anything and yeah. later it comes up and so they're running we find out that there are they're three running from Britons. Man. yes there are three britons hugh and um hugh of harrowfield and we have ben who's ben. like his jaunty um sidekick his funny and, then one. and then john who's a little bit older mm-hmm. who's his like distant cousin and stuff and he's he's definitely the more mature one out of the group mm-hmm. and so he's like i need to she needs to come with us and stuff and we find out later, whenever he's taking his watch and Ben and John are sleeping, he found the little, like, carving that Simon did for Circa and says, mm-hmm. like, how did you get this? 
have you seen Simon? Have you seen my brother? And mm-hmm. like we find out this is the older brother that Simon was super jealous of. Yes. And so he won't let her go because he is searching for his yes, brother. He that's is why he's determined there. to find that's him. Why he's he came on that to island. rescue yes. his brother, his beloved brother. And and they can't find any they trace can't of find him. any trace of him. And so this is his only clue: is this girl yeah, who he's can't like, You're speak. coming with me. Yes. And so he does find out that she can understand because whenever they're like attacked by Redbeard's men in this storm, he tells her like, "Grab the knife from my boot and like run." And like she grabs the knife but stays with him because she doesn't want to abandon him. And he yeah. like looks at her like, "Oh my God, you understand me?" And I'm speaking <laughs> yeah. English. You're not so dumb. Because you know? at first, she, her goal was to like, "I'm just going to play dumb," and they won't they won't think I know anything that's going yes. on. But when they under under duress, she is like immediately like helps him defend because he's been defending her this whole time, you know, and so she's already feeling like a little bit of loyalty to him. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the Redbeard men, they recognize her. They're like, "Hey, that's the daughter. That's the daughter that and like missing. No, can it be her? Can it be her? Why is she like, here with him? Is she a traitor? Yes, you know, yes. And so she actually prays and for to the fair folk, saying like, "You need to help us help because us, we're going to be us. overrun." He got like stabbed in the calf, and so the. The rain becomes a downpour. You can't even see in front of your face. And he like, she like has her hand like stretched out and he grabs it and pulls her. And they like fall into this cave where it's like the opening looks like it's not even big enough for a person to fit through, but they somehow got into it. I know. This was like such a mystical little And so she decides to to help him to Mm -hmm. sew up his leg. And if they go a little bit further into the cave, there's like um, kind of like a spring in there. Mm-hmm. And then um, so it's got while, like the stalagmites and yes. stalagmites kind of cavern. So while they're sleeping, she hears some voices. And so she decides and to go singing and yeah. dance, like celebration. So she sees she like <laughs> kind of like falls through like not a portal, but like she enters the other world because yeah. it's like the way she describes it, it's two worlds kind of sitting on top of each other. And mm-hmm. there's like, and you, you can, can kind of through. slip through. Mm-hmm. And so she's talking to the lady of the forest and the lady of the forest is like, seems like you're not really on task here. Yeah, like you haven't, you haven't, your hands look pretty like, like you haven't been touching the starwort plant. Do you even want your brother to become men again? Yeah. They're kind of like taunting her and she just kind of like, oh, well, stuff happens. Shit happened to me. Mm-hmm. And then Red comes and says, "Like if you touch her, I will kill you." Yeah, because one of the the king <sighs> the king was there, and he kind of like lifts her chin. And he's like, "You better get to work." You know, basically, he's like they're chastising her. Yes, and Red just comes to her defense. Is like you know. And then puts his body in front of her. Yes, and, his, and he is a meat inch. And they're pretty much saying like, oh, Hugh, like, oh, you're supposed to be her protector or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. you, your leg can't even hold you up. And like, I, she has the information that you need. Mm-hmm. She knows about Simon. They tell him this. And yes. he's like, he's like not w- willing to be taunted. And he's like willing to protect her. And they even tell him like, this is going to be your job. You're going to need to protect and her. And I love the Lady of the Force tells her, good choice, sir. Yeah, good choice. Like, She's like, this was my well. choice. She's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I didn't choose him. Yeah. But apparently she did. Yep. <laughs> so they are rescued by John and Ben. They find them. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, hey, we've created a distraction. We need to get in the boat. Yeah, and right So that we can go. Basically, there's like another island further away with like a nunnery there. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's where they're headed. And they... They even offer to keep her. Yeah, because they they help. Um, like first they they bathe her. They see that she's has some wounds and stuff, and then they notice that she's obviously been misused by a man. And they tell Red, and and she overhears this conversation, and Red is just like Livid. furious, like cursing. And they're like, "Well, you can see why she needs spiritual counseling and healing. You need to leave her here." And he's like, "No, 
Yeah, not she, even she has like, to come with me. she is coming with me he is always very every time somebody tries to take her or put her away or tell her to go away he is just adamant she is staying with me yes you know and like, i really kind of love this scene the scene where she gets her name because they're like she can't talk she can't tell them her name yeah. circa and so they're sitting in the abbess is like oh maybe like a um name like agnes some some godly <laughs> name and they're like and then uh, a younger abbess is like oh what, what about jenny she reminds me of like a jenny wren or whatever and red under his breath i love this scene because he's like Pah. A little little delicate Jenny Wren, like more like a hawk or whatever, or maybe even an <laughs> owl. And it's very interesting because her nickname, like her brothers affectionately kind of call her that little, little owl. owl. They and do. it's like it's like he sees her. Yes. He sees her yes. and I freaking love it. So anyway, this is how she's dubbed Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> and so they go to um Hugh's estate. Um, Harrowfield, and she's not well received. Yeah, Hugh's mom is obviously she's upset. Like, yeah, she's like, "Who is this? Woman? Like, why would why you bring one here? of them here? Like, yeah. one of her kind took, you know, Simon, and we still don't even know what exactly happened. I'm not hopeful that he's even alive, but like, you just you haven't really found anything, and I can't believe you would bring her here. And so, yeah. obviously, she's going to experience. Just not great things with a bunch of Britons who see her kind as the enemy. And it's very interesting the way that they talk about how, how they're just like savages. They don't care. Yeah. They're bred to kill. And, um, but she has a couple allies, like we said, John and Ben. Then John has a wife, Marjorie. Marjorie. And Marjorie is very heavily pregnant and she Which takes Jenny under her wing. Yeah. And, like, everyone's, like, making, like, the signs to ward off evil yeah. because they see what she's doing with the Star Wars plan. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, she's torturing herself. Yeah. What I is know. She, what is this madness? And yeah, and I think there's one other uh, young maid, uh, Megan. Yeah, that takes – not afraid of her and is – Right. Everybody else is basically making witch – you know, beware of the witch signs all yes, around her. And, not to be trusted. And is, like, yeah, talking about her behind her back. But Megan and Marjorie are basically her true friends. And then another thing that's interesting is that there's – this old ragamuffin of a dog. Okay, Alice. Alice. And like, she's like, she growls and bites everyone who comes near her. Yes. Except suddenly she just loves Circa. And this was Simon's dog yes. that he left behind. Yes. Old little Alice. So, she even has like arthritis. I know. Like, I know. I think of her little tottering along <laughs> and snapping at everyone. Yes. You know? So this is kind of like a great comfort to her because she still is suffering PTSD from her assault. Right. And it's and kind of nice Lynn. to have. It's yeah. like to have this like. It's kind of nice to have this this dog who she's not yeah. afraid. She's afraid of like human contact at this point, but like, um, having <laughs> Alice kind of next of a to kind her, a little yeah, bit. <laughs> having, having Alice next to her, it's really nice. And so, yeah. um, one day she's, she's running out of her, her starwort supply and she is kind of begging Marjorie, like, I need to go find more. And yeah. Marjorie's just kind of like, I don't want you to hurt yourself. Like, I don't want you to torture yourself like yeah. this. Like, would it be so bad for you to stop? And like, it's so frustrating being in Circa's point of view because she's just kind of like, you don't understand. And it's like, can't life explain. and death. And like, like this is, yes. and this is the thing is like, she's communicating with them with her hands and she's able to make small gestures like, you know, yes and no. And this is like the most like attuned at, at translating yes. her hand signs. He's getting so good. Oh my gosh. And he even figures out like 
okay, well, you can't speak until your task is done. So yes. I'm going to help she's you like, with your task. She's so happy. It's like, you realize I can't my voice until the task. And I said, yes. Yeah. Like so, I'm learning. I'm learning relief. to listen. And I love how he even asked her, he was like, how were the fair folk, whenever they were talking to the fair folk, how are they able to hear what you said? They said that I, I can't, I was, um, I couldn't hear because, you know, I, I, I wasn't really listening and like how, and she's like, I can talk to them basically mind to mind. But like that moment, whenever he just like, I'm learning, I'm learning to yes, hear, I'm learning to so hear. And it's just like, they have so many moments like that. Yeah. And like, um, so we find out that there's another villainous character, Hugh's uncle, Lord um, Richard. Lord fucking Richard. He <laughs> is Richard of Northwoods. And yeah. we find out v- at the very beginning of this book that their main opponent, like the um, the Irishman's main the, opponent, right. are the Northwoods. As a matter of fact, Simon was with Lord Richard when yes. he was taken. And like we find out that he was very army. suspicious of his uncle. Like, things yes. aren't adding up. The yes, night yes, that yes, Simon yes. disappeared, he was the only one that was slaughtered. And he was the only one – I mean, he was the only one that survived the slaughter – and he was the only one taken prisoner, and he was the only valuable person of right. the group, and he was inexperienced. Like, why would you put a boy on and they this were all group put in, in the heart very, of enemy territory? Yeah, and that was just, that was another thing. Their strategy was they had them all in some open area in the middle of, like, enemy territory. It was like, no one would do that. Yeah. Why did my uncle and, like, do that? He was like, you know? my uncle's a very experienced, you know, warrior. Strategist, It yeah. seems strange, but I can't yeah. come out and accuse him. Right. And, like, the first meeting with Richard is very, like, disgusting because the stuff that he's saying implying about circa and the yeah. stuff that he's saying and like hugh doesn't say anything at first but as soon as richard tries like touches her cheek and like starts going down her neck like red like grabs his hand yeah, and yeah just, just like don't, don't touch, touch her, her. and yes. like he is he even apologized he's like i'm so sorry i was wondering if he would like let slip a clue um seeing you about, seeing that yeah. i was like investigating simon and like i never meant for him to touch you at all and like i'm so sorry about that so he's like promise me you won't wander far from the estate because my uncle's estate is our neighbor and like i don't want him to get you alone like that would be very (laughs) bad so promise me you won't let um you won't wander but when she runs out of the plant and marjorie kind of refuses to help her get some more she ventures out on her own with alice yeah because she's like yeah and the thing is like they're all very busy they're planting they're harvesting like he's tending to everything and then plus she doesn't want anybody to try to convince her not to go get it she's like she knows they think she's crazy and mad and whatever but she has to do this task so she heads out on her own with alice and And alice gets fucking shot by an arrow arrow. and lord richard's like haha my my husband like sorry my dear missed his aim was off and i'm like yeah your aim was so off that it hit the dog perfectly okay yeah like we all know that he is and like the things that he's telling her like he's basically like kind of revealing his evilness and saying like oh yeah and implying that hugh's like she's his side piece and right like Like, saying like she has a delectable body and stuff like that and she's like it'll be our little secret since you can't talk and she's like holding alice like in her hand and like trying to walk as fast as she can um back to the um (laughs) the the shadiest shit dude yes and then hugh comes galloping (laughs) I love it. And he, like, quickly swings her up and, yeah. like, says, like, uncle, like, we'll talk later or whatever. And, like, whenever he gets there, he is, like, he even shakes her. He takes, he brings her to Marjorie's room and, like, takes her and shakes her and, like, I thought I told you. Like, in yeah. the way that he's so upset and he's, like, um, and Marjorie's, like, I think I know why she was, she left. She wanted the plan. And she, he was, like, why didn't you ask me? I will give you 
anything and like his speech that he gives her like this impassioned speech for yeah. her it's just basically like i will do anything for you like i'm coming to care for you and like they have like a moment like where they like lock eyes and like kind of like she sees like the passion lying within but she doesn't want to acknowledge it because yeah. that's something that she's very like averse to right yeah. now and there's also she also knows that he is betrothed to elaine yes the uncle's daughter, daughter and cousin. that they're supposed to wed like any day now like in yes. midsummer so or something she's in deep denial that yeah Hugh she's has like any no real, real yeah. feelings for he, her he's just he's just doing his job he's under the spell by the fair folk that he has to protect me but yes. that's all this is you yes know? yes and so they they get some new supplies and she's always like under guard making sure that the uncle does and get near her. They also have another moment because Marjorie makes her dress this beautiful yes, blue dress. I love this. And so part. Marjorie dresses her up in this beautiful blue dress and does her <laughs> hair, puts it in ribbons and stuff. And they're looking in the uh, mirror, the th- and she doesn't even recognize herself. She's like, yes. "Is this me?" Like. I'm I'm not the skinny twig I used to be. And yeah. Like I look pretty. Like yeah, she's been eating well now. Mm-hmm. She's you know not starving in the forest. And she hasn't and seen her own reflection kind of in like into almost three years. You know. Yeah. And I love so all three of the men coming in and John Marjorie's husband's like oh looking good Jenny and then Ben, and ben like, like whistles, whistles at like her. cat calls and I love how he, she knows he's playing. Yeah, so she always so smiles. She's okay and with feels that. Fine. She's okay with that. But then she turns and in the door red has frozen. Yes, solid. And all and the like, men notice that. They, all they like stop even, talking. Like, everybody stops talking because they notice Red <laughs> is noticing her, and like it's it's just Crackling one of those yes. chemistry <laughs> is happening at this moment, and she is just beside herself like fury. She grabs her homespun and runs from the room, and like tears the dress off, and is like, "No, I, I don't can't. Wanna, I, can't, I don't want to wear this again. <laughs> I can't have a man look at me that way." And then she, it's like she's battling with both, like you know, the scars she's been dealt with her, you know, her assault, and then also these feelings that. A brewing, and yes. she, she she doesn't know how to reconcile it all. Right, she's afraid, but she's also kind of curious a little bit. Right, right. So she, um, so she does start to plug along with. It. She's getting more progress with the shirt. So she yes. she gets. To, I mean, she's there for I don't know how long, a year or so, and then she finally she's about on five or sixth shirt. Yeah, she has and five shirts complete. The wedding and she's starting arrives. on. Yeah, she's starting on the sixth shirt. Yeah, and the wedding. So it's the day of the wedding. Uh, he used to be wedded with Elaine, and she had noticed on Elaine's last visit that Elaine and him were talking in the garden very heatedly. Yeah, well, lo- she was lo- talking lots, heatedly. Lots he of wasn't. Private conversations yeah, lots happened. of private conversations, and Elaine went away, and she's always noticed that they're I mean because they've been betrothed since birth that they're very cordial but there's no passion between yeah. them so she did notice it's not that. the way that Liam and that uh, Liam and Ailish were together or even like his own father and Una you yeah. know not that she liked to think about that but yeah. they were even affectionate so it's the day of the wedding and then Ben comes in and the thing is they always watch guard on her and so Ben comes the night that he is to watch guard and he oh, says we forgot a tragic moment I'm sorry oh. bad things start to happen oh yeah and like Alice goes missing um, a fire started in the yeah. sewing room so one of her sh- shirts is destroyed and she has to start over Finn bars and then, oh. yeah and then um, John takes her to go gather more plants and stuff and there was a rock slide and oh, John God. dies before John Marjorie dies. gives birth and it is so fucking tragic because it is uh, John tells her before he dies like tell him tell him he made the right choice you Said say you yes you say yes. yes you read say yes yes and, and then, then he s- tells him, like, Marjorie, tell her, tell my son, whatever. And it's so tragic. So it that is. tragedy happens. Yeah. And I 
almost cried reading this. I was this, getting and I've, very I've, I've literally read this so many times. <laughs> and I was so, just like, oh. It was so, so terrible. And, and then we will do find out that one of the men that was on guard with them was switched last minute. And he was a Northwoodsman, yeah. which was one of Richard's Suspicious. fucking men. Fucking shit going on. You know, but at the time, everybody blames her. The yeah. fire is her. It's the yes. witch's fault. The, yes. the, the landslide is uh, her fault because she's a witch and yes. John's dead because of her. Yes. You and know, even whenever Marjorie gives birth, like Circa wants to help. Yeah, and, and they won't allow it because yeah, like, the you'll, you'll make like, the baby mom's deformed. Like, no, you'll kill no, the baby. No. Yeah, you know? and the mom's like, we have an experienced midwife. Like, if she can't deliver the baby safely, then you yeah. can't do anything. Your child. And then finally she's allowed into the room. We figure out that Marjorie's been asking for her for the, the entire whole time. time. And they've been keeping her away. And, and, and then she saves the child. She does. It's a breach birth. Both and of them. And they, they save um, mom and, and child. And Marjorie names her Little Johnny. Johnny. We're <laughs> talking about Johnny. Oh my gosh. Guys, yeah. There's so much coming. There's so much oh. coming. So much yeah. coming. Yeah. But anyway, so then comes the wedding and Red comes to fetch her saying mm-hmm. like, you know, we're going to ride out early. And she's like, what do you mean? This is your wedding day. And he's like, just trust me. Just, just trust, trust me. me. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of time. So <laughs> she gets like, dressed. She's wearing okay. her blue dress because her other, there was like some mishaps with her other dresses. Like I said, some bad things are happening. <laughs> so they go and he takes her to this spot, this cove. And he's like, you know, me and my brother used to come and here. And there's seals there she'd never seen before. And it's like her face lights up. It's just like this beautiful and, little And she's like, oasis. why are you bringing me here? Like, what yeah. is the purpose? You're, this is your wedding day, dude. What's happening? <laughs> I love and, it. He goes, you, he, wedding? And, and she's and, like, and, what? And, and he's like, just trust me. Like, I just wanted you to have this one day. Like, you've been toiling away. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just wanted to give you some freedom. And, like, she finally, like, lets go. And she, yeah. like, runs into the sea. She takes off her she, shoes like, and <sighs> runs barefoot. And she's, like, and running around in the sand. She's oh, building herself, so like, a little mermaid sculpture. And she's having, like, the time of her fucking and life. And I love, okay? too, that she's always known notice that red he always has his little inkwell and his parchment and his uh you know quill he's always taking um tablets of like uh, like sheep and yeah the sheep and, and yeah trees he's, he's basically keeping track of he things also carves the, things too which is kind of like a thing that he yeah. and simon share because simon carved that thing and he's always carving something whittling something right. in the wood so today though he's been on he's been drawing in his parchment but when she gets a peek at it it is of her, her. like in the sea. Dancing around in the it's sand. So it's so good. It's like, oh my God. So then he says he has a question to ask her later. And so at the end of the day, he finally tells her, you know, she's like, oh, you're wedding. And he's like, it's too late. Like she, Elaine's <laughs> already gone. She's already gone. And they're back home. And I promise me you won't run whenever I start talking about this. Like, Just listen you know, to me. Listen to listen the whole to story and tell me what you think. And this is basically his kind of proposal. This is his proposal. Because he says, as my guest, you are not protected. He yes. said, but as my wife, no one would touch yes. you. And he's like, I'm going to have to leave soon tonight. In fact, because somebody he's had, word. He's had word that there is this, this Britain on mm-hmm. an island west of Ireland mm-hmm. that um, there's this living Britain with some, um, who's kind of like man. has a little bit of amnesia. Yes. And so he's like, it could be Simon. And I have to go see this out. I don't want to leave you alone. This is the only way I will feel safe leaving you here yeah. is with the protection of my name. And she, he's like, I promise it'll be a name only. And she's like, 
you promise like I'll get to go home. Like, right. And you he's promise. like, yes, I promise you'll get to go home. And so they have like a little priest there to say the <laughs> vows and stuff. And he whips out a fucking ring. And it is a carved oak ring. <sighs> and it's very smooth. Like he has definitely spent some time on here with like little carvings of like leaves and Yo, acorn and a little owl he has on been, it. He has been planning this and for she quite a long she's time. Like, she's like, he's been carving this. Like I've seen him carving this like even before, like yeah. way before any of stuff happened. Right. Like way before the bad things started happening. So right. like it, it's an excuse. We know it's an excuse. He actually wants to be married to Circa. Yeah. But this is just kind of like his excuse to be married to her, like for protection. But he does plan on eventually wooing her. And I love Another that. thing that he mentions, which, you, you know, at this point, we don't really know what is going to come of it. But we know later at the end of the story is that he says that he always saw himself as following in his father's footsteps, taking care of the land, you know, taking care of the people. To, and he's like, but I don't know if that's my path anymore. He's like, ever since I met you, like my world, my, my world has been turned upside down, and my my path has changed. And so we kind of start to get a sense that maybe Hugh is not going to be like Lord Hugh of Harrowfield forever. You know, yeah. maybe there's some other um, goal or path for him in yeah. life. And so I, I don't know. That was the first sort of like foreshadowing of that yes. that happens later. So, so the mom's like upset, but yeah. she's like, "Fine, you're my daughter-in-law. <laughs> Fine, whatever." <laughs> like, God damn it! <laughs> and then it comes celebration. It's like um, the midsummer celebration. Oh, and yeah, this is the other thing. So it's midsummer, and she had heard Connor for her midwinter, brother. but she was too busy delivering yes. little Johnny to meet with her brothers. Yes. Okay? So it's saying, you know, we're gonna come. You know, I'm gonna come meet me at the lake or whatever. And so she's like, she knows she needs to see him that night because yes. he's, you know, he can only turn for 24 hours we all know the rules right so but they're all having a freaking picnic and who the hell is there but lord richard asshole and of course he's making all these lewd he constantly makes these lewd remarks to her i'm like you're like a disgusting pig yes Um, he's horrible i hope he dies the death of a thousand fires (laughs) i know I hate him so much. We hate Richard. So he, um, she said, tells Ben, I, my stomach's hurt. He's like, Lord woman, I've never seen a woman who has the worst stomach problems yeah. than you. She's also she's, a vegetarian, so she gets disgusted yeah. by meat also. Right. So, so it's, it's, like, it's a common know. occurrence, a common occurrence. Right. So she sneaks, she basically is trying to get away because she hears Connor talking in her head that he's there. Yeah, like, what, come meet Where us are before you? it's too late. Yes. So she sneaks off and she's talking to Connor and basically saying he was the only one who came this time. He, she's like, where are the rest? And she said, he said, it's too far. It's too hard for them. And the thing is, when they're in swan form, Connor's the only one who still has his consciousness yeah. uh, right of humans of humans the others are more confused they're more overwhelmed by their animal nature mm-hmm. in the swan form so he's like i can only get them to come across once when the shirts are finished and so they're in the midst of saying all this and suddenly suddenly ben is there richard is there like seize him grab him look yeah, this like, little oh, look, slut is with another man yeah you know cheating on the lord of the manor this or is whatever like- Richard's best case scenario. He's oh like, God. oh, fuck yes. I know. He imprisons her. And, and of course, Connor like, disappears into smoke. You know, I'm going to send for a holy man. Let's put you on a trial. And like, he's relishing this. Yes. Then we get some big villain speeches from Richard. And oh, Richard yeah. reveals his hand in Simon's disappearance and how yeah. he's actually been in league with um, Eamon of, <laughs> Eamon the, of the Marshes. Marshes, which is one of Lord Colum's, um 
allies and, and y'all remember him allies. for the next book oh, yeah. if y'all are gonna stick so, with this for Ailish next week <laughs> actually was married to Eamon after yes. Liam disappeared sadly yes. and apparently he sold out to Richard yes and even like taught him like his special use of fire because like Eamon had this like fire that burns like super hot super fast mm-hmm. and anyway and we find out that the lady Una has, has actually also talked been talking to, to Richard. Him. Yes. So like he's just like oh God. revealing all his evil things and he's like, Oh, I don't think she'd mind if I just like burned you at the stake, basically. Yeah. And so it's she has been luckily um, they did give her her shirts well, as she was I in prison. Lo- so I love this part. Her her mother in law comes to visit her and she brings the shirts to her and in the basically, bag. That's yeah, and she's in this little everything. disgusting little cell or whatever, being kept away. But she tells her, she said, "You know, I can't believe you betrayed my my son when he loved you more than anything in this world." And she's like, "Circa's like, no, what? like, it's you, like, no, I've know. never yeah. seen my son. He loves you more than anything, and you have broken his heart. But I will keep my promise to him and give you these shirts." So I love that the mother is still loyal to her son over Richard, even though she can't really she struggles control a little bit because. Richard's her brother. Right. And sometimes she's just kind of like, oh, well, he must know best. And, and she- we also have to remember this is very much a man's world. Like, he's yes. in charge. Since Hugh is gone, he's in charge. And also, the bigotry is so bad. Oh, yeah. You know? Against, I mean, it's against just so their hard, kind, like, the Irish. Being, like, the Irish are evil. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we're the good guys. And yeah. They're savages and born with hatred in their right. heart type of situation, which is funny because the Irish think the same thing yes. as the Britons. So, but thank the Lord the mother in law gave it to her because she yes. finishes the shirts while she in prison. She just has one sleeve left to go (laughs) on the very final shirt and so they do a trial which is a farce (laughs) trial quote unquote fucking farce okay (laughs) and even marjorie like tries to defend her and richard's like quickly there to like yeah shush her but the actual the like bishop that they send for he's Mm -hmm. actually like trying to figure stuff out like he's not just like oh evil witch you know what i'm saying he's just kind of like hmm yeah i'd like to hear another account like let them speak like hush up right richard so it's very interesting and like he even says in the end he's like well you know i I can't come to any conclusions i'm gonna need to think on this and like richard's quite disappointed that this might not go exactly how he planned it and so he kind of arranges for the bishop to be called away suddenly Mm -hmm. and he's just like oh the bishop's gone. Well, well, we're just going to move I'm forward. Just, yes, I know the bishop's <laughs> verdict. Um, she's guilty, so we're going to burn her now. Right, burn her at the stake. <laughs> so it, we have this harrowing scene, y'all, that's so vivid. So we have people, of course, screaming those, burn the witch, you know, straight out of like, you know. Yes. <laughs> fairy tale nightmares. Yes. And then we have Marjorie and Megan and them saying, no, she's innocent. She's a girl. You know, like, so this this just very powerful display, passionate yes. display. And, and somehow then, this guard, whenever she's being tied to the pyre, like she's willing him to bring her her yes. basket of shirts because Richard's like, place it at her, at, at the base of the so pyre it burn. so it can burn with her. And she's like, no, put it in my arms, put it in my arms. And like, she's calling to her brothers, like, it's now or never. It's now, now or, never. or never. Like, even <laughs> though I didn't show completely up. finish the last shirt, like, it's now or never. And so like, like the fire starts and then yeah. she finally sees like the swans coming toward her. Richard's like, what is this witchcraft? What is this? These ghosts out of the sky. They wing yes. down. It's the coolest 
It's the and coolest vision. And so she like vision. throws the shirts across their necks as, as they, they lie next to her. Yes. Like she could feel the fire looking at her feet. And then oh. all of a sudden, she sees fucking Hugh. He's back. Okay. He's barreling through. He's, bar- he's like, let me through. And yeah. she sees he's that Ben's with her him name. because Ben had kind of disappeared like a week ago. Mm-hmm. And she thought that Ben had abandoned her. But it was yeah. to go find Hugh and like make sure that he got back because Richard right. actually said like, oh, I'm kind of arranging for him to have like a little interruption. A little so Come, come um, home, Get home so in soon. time. Yeah. And then she sees something. She oh, sees a glint God. behind Hugh. There's an archer. In the tower. In like the tower. aiming at him. Yes. Oh, we also see Simon. Sorry. Simon's yeah, there. Oh, Simon's there. <laughs> Simon's like right <laughs> beside him. <laughs> but anyway. There's a lot happening. Finn Bar is still not there. Oh, He's she's, flying so And she's so screaming slowly, in her mind. Finn and she's Barr. like, hurry. Because like she needs to speak. And so like the wind takes the last shirt out of her hands. And like she doesn't see it. She can't grab it. Yeah. And then she sees like. Hugh's life flash before his eyes and she screams As out. As Finbar is like diving yes. down. It's like all simultaneously red happening. behind you. And so she, her first words aloud were red behind you to save red. To save her and husband. And so he only takes the arrow to the shoulder and then like yes, he, he like quickly. rips it out of himself and runs to the pyre. <laughs> throws her over his shoulder and jumps down. This man. This man. Awesome. And then God he just clutches it. to hers like Jenny, and Jenny. kisses her fucking head and I'm just like, like oh, oh this God. is so amazing. Anyway, it's like y'all freaking the fuck out, okay? So then all of a sudden we hear like you know like get your hands off of her and. They're surrounded by her brothers. <laughs> her brothers. <laughs> and we're not sure. Yeah. She's like, How can it be? I spoke before the last shirt was on Finbar. Yeah. And uh, where's Finbar? Because she can't see him, can't see him. Yeah. But then, like, Connor just kind of like, uh, you know, translating because he could speak the tongue of the Britons and being like, You know, right. we're her brothers. We're and brothers. Then, and they're like, This is the man we saw her with. And she was like, Yeah, dumb. Uh, I'm her brother. brother. And, like, we're here to take <laughs> her back. Like, obviously, y'all have mistreated her. We're taking Cir- Circa back. Yeah. And so then, um, finally, one of her brothers are like, getting her um all like bathed because she's all smoky marjorie and megan finally are able to bathe her yeah and um (laughs) i love how hugh's mom drops the bomb like um she's married to my son i know but also like wait what no she's a child like and she's like "Mm, no this is a farce tell me that he didn't touch you lady of harrowfield super overprotective of her <laughs> we have lots of testosterone lots of flying testosterone. around and like <laughs> they i love how they like um they took the weapons from like nearby guards too and so like they're armed like yeah. their brothers like ready to fucking oh, yeah. fight they're back in a warrior her. mode they're back so, into themselves um i love how they have like a private family meeting and so she sees simon for the first time sees his older self now yeah and like um he like talks to her and at first she's not sure if he remembers but then notices like yeah he remembers and like he even mentions like you know she he's talking to my mom like he's missing some years but he does remember you like he talks about how 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 she tells the most wonderful stories and they're so lifelike and fantastical and amazing and stuff and so they all like they have a conversation red has to go fetch Richard, because he tried to slip away. Yeah. And Red is not, like, about to let him get away. The villain. So Red and Ben bring him back, and, like, he looks worse for wear whenever he comes back. <laughs> and Ben even says, like, look, I had to pull him off him because he was going to kill him, like, right then and there. Yeah. Um, And so Red's like, I need to have a conversation with my wife. Brothers are reluctant. They're like, um, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. And he's like, I will talk to my wife. And, like, Circa's like, I will talk to him. 
So they had this conversation and he just kind of like, you know, so um, I didn't think basically she was kind of like, you know, if you if you want to know the story, I promise I would tell you the story of your brother. And, you know, I'm free to leave. And he's like, of course, you're always like, I, I'm going to keep my promise to you. You're free to go right. home. But like we, we see how it's tearing him up inside. And she even takes off the <laughs> ring and like tries to give it back to him because <laughs> she wears it around a necklace because yeah. her fingers are too swollen to wear a ring. And he when, he looks so betrayed. <laughs> he looks so, so betrayed. Terrible. And he's like, if it means so little to you, just catch Pass it into the fire. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Ew. I'm going to cry just thinking of Ew. it again. So like basically it's just like, and she even like, oh, there was this one scene too after um, Marjorie gives birth where she touches the back of his neck for the first time and we see like his blazing passion. But anyway, that comes into play oh, later. Yeah. But so <laughs> – um, they they travel to the cove and Circa um, relays all the evil um, things that Richard was telling her in the cell that mm-hmm. he thought yeah. she was going to die. Basically, and all the plots he had against yes. Simon, and so Simon and finally everything. is able to reconcile. Like it wasn't your fault. You were set right. up. You were completely set Not up. Not only that, betrayed. you were sixteen years old, being yes. led by your uncle, who's and supposed to be your protector you. and your nobody leader. You. Right. And then so they're heading to the cove, and Simon's all like, "Oh yeah, so this is where like me and my brother go." And she's like, "Yeah, I know." And he's like, "He told you about this place? <laughs> like we didn't tell anybody, not even Elaine." And we do find yeah. out Elaine's always carried a torch for Simon. Interestingly, yay. And Simon comes back whenever they're just chatting alone together, and he whispers to her, saying like. You married my brother. Why didn't you just wait for me? You told me the story about the man who waited three decades for his lady, and you couldn't even wait three years for me. And it's like, look, I feel for Simon, but also what we know of Simon is he's irrationally jealous of his brother. Right. He has not been treated any differently, and he was just like, we have different interests and stuff, and he thinks me kind of, like, simple. Like, I just right. farm and do this right. or whatever. Right, And, like, he really is, like, a humble person deserving of his praise, but Simon's had this, like, competition, but only in his own head right. type of thing. And so it's almost like he he's he acting like a like petulant he, kind right. of, like, oh, and he's taken you, too. And, of course, he's taken the woman, you yeah, know, and that's it's supposed like, to be meant Simon, for me. Has she really ever been yours i don't know anyway and the thing is and we know the connection between her and red is on such a deeper level and we see that through like the ways he can hear her and understand her when she cannot even speak yes you know what i mean it's just like their connection (sighs) that builds i love their connection what they can't talk they don't need to talk so it's just beautiful he's loading them onto the boat and he even gives her an apple because she's like she gets oh very seasick, and he tells her brothers like you know. And there's also that mention at the beginning of a man and woman sharing an apple. It's oh, supposed, yeah, it's supposed to, to be like, like, like love, a, a, love a symbol between tie. lovers. Yeah. Yes. And she, when the first apple that he ever gave her, whenever he first rescued her, she's like, I don't think he knows the meaning of. This. I don't think. He, oh yeah, I don't think he understands. But it like becomes he just their like, thing, and it's like a foreshadowing. But also, of their yeah, love. exactly, and it's a foreshadowing that they so will he be lovers. Gives her an apple because he did promise her before he had left, like I'll bring you the first apple of spring. And so he gives it to her and like she's so overwhelmed and like she's kind of like grappling with, you know, his mom saying like my son loves you and like Mm -hmm. even Connor saying like, you know, did you not know you loved him until you have to leave him? Like everyone's saying like like, we see this and she's like, oh shit. But I love that she's so blind to her own feelings. She is because she's like. 
he's just he feels protective over me right and like it, it's not real he doesn't feel love and like i think the fair folk, folk put a spell on him to make him protective yeah. over me yeah like, that's it's what she's been love. sort of just, saying the whole time i just time. need distance from him and the enchantment should fall away and he, yeah but he before won't think about she me. leaves she puts she's like we speak better without words that's how we've been communicating this whole time and so she puts her hand on her heart and then on his heart oh and my then, god like, i'm gonna start like crying and she basically saying like my heart is your heart <laughs> oh and my like god. <laughs> and then she turns around and she's crying and she's leaving oh they land home and they find seven waters like totally almost abandoned yeah and donald like, who has always been like a faithful guard donald, of her father's yeah. he's who like her father head. even sent him away at one point when lady una got there that was but so he's tragic back because basically everyone abandoned her father who yes. wasn't like acting as you know a good chieftain like he's normally known for while while they were swans and while Circa was doing her um, lakeside uh, sewing, yeah, the Lady Una gave birth to the seventh son of the seventh son. So, Kiran is, is a yes. baby, a three year old baby, and she <laughs> had escaped Seven Waters. Like, kind of had like a premonition that the brothers were coming back, and yeah. she escaped and she took the baby with her. And he and will so, come back. Yes, he will come back. <laughs> we will see him in book two whenever yes. we review it. <laughs> But we find, I love that the mo- the first moment that Circa finds her father, he's in her garden, he, in her oh. destroyed garden, and he looks like a half, a half, a half yeah, he's, he's, he's like a he's ghost. He's not even there. A shell of a man. A shell of a man. And whenever he sees her, he think he he thinks he's seeing his wife. She's like, "No, father, it's me. It's your oh daughter." My God. And, stuff. and so, like, we see that the brothers are slowly taking Seven Waters back in hand. People are slowly yeah. coming back, and they're slowly rebuilding everything. Um, Liam's having meetings with Seamus Redbeard about like what are they going to do with Emon, right. the traitor? Yeah, because he's and, like in in the fire marshes are like well protected. Yes, like by these marshes, <laughs> you know. Yes. But you know, so it's he very can, boggy, and, right? Like, only certain the guards know how to get through like the yes. treacherous land and stuff like that. So and the Eamon son will come into play. Yes. later in the next book as well. Yes, so. and so. Um, Circa goes back to her, like her healing. She replants her garden. Right. I really love how her father's always with her in her garden. Me like, too. It's and so sweet. Finbar, who we didn't even say what happened to Finbar. Oh, so since Finbar. she only was able to sew a shirt with one with, arm, with, right? He has a swan wing. I love one this. swan wing. It's like left with a swan wing. Yes, this mark. Yeah, and so he's very quiet, and he even says like he like left his swan family, and it's. So Oh my god! And it's just like he's he's having a hard time coming back to human, and like he even is like shying away from people and dogs, and like he's just having a really difficult time. And I believe swans in nature actually are one of the creatures that mate for life. Swans, they are, they are, and that's why he's so depressed because he mated with a swan, swan, and he's like he's he's missing his fucking family. Okay, and it's just so tragic. And but it's also really beautiful that. The the two children that the father struggled with the most, like that's yeah. who he he's able he to have peace with, with them yes. now. Yes, and it's like really he wants beautiful to be near them. Yeah. And Liam's basically taking over. Connor's doing the books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then one day, months and months have passed. Okay, <laughs> and one day the guards. It's like a similar scene to when Simon was brought into the yeah. hall. Hugh is here and he's blindfolded. <laughs> he's been brought and in, caught on Circa the border. Is even 
as she's able, her hands have finally gone down to their normal size. And so she put his ring on her finger and she's Aww. wearing the blue dress and like she's been struggling. She's and she so even beautiful. told the she met the lady of the forest. She popped in and she's like, Why did you put a spell on him? Like it hurts. And she's mm-hmm. like, We put no spell on him. What are you talking, <laughs> are you talking about? about? Like, oh, this you, is real. Yes, this is like <laughs> destiny. Yes, and so finally he's there that same day and she wants to call out. But Liam and Connor basically tell her, like, silence her. Like, be like, yeah. don't let him know you're here. And Connor's basically like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm here for my wife. And <laughs> um, and they were like, um, no. Uh, she's only 16. You can't have her. This marriage is a farce. And it's interesting because her dad was the one to be like, let him say his piece. Yeah. You know, let him say his piece. I sense there's a story here. So let's see if he can tell it. And so Connor has to translate this. And yeah. Hugh tells the story through his point of view and talks about how brave and how much he respects her and like how he was falling for her and how he never got to tell her how he felt. And he was always afraid to tell her because he didn't want to scare her away. And, like, she kind of makes, like, a little noise. Like, she was about to speak, but she holds it back. But, like, now he, like, knows she's in the room. Yeah. And now he, like, starts, like, getting really into it and just being, like, if he could only have told her that he loved the way um, he he just wanted her hands on his body and stuff like that. It was just, like, it was honestly the best speech ever. I fucking loved it. And he was basically, like, you know, his he says his life is worth nothing without her. And Connor's just like, well, if you think that she's going back to your your home, like she's mistreated like she's there. Not leaving, and she's not leaving the forest. And he was like, actually, that's why it took me so long to get here because I had to set it up so my brother could take over. Like, I'm yes. not going back. And and what what justice is that that Simon, Simon will be everything the Lord of he thought he wanted. Yeah, without the death of his brother, his brother's handing it to him saying, yes. you, you, you rule. He's always wanted this yeah. responsibility. And so I just love that he was thinking about this long before he really, really thought about it he's yeah. like i don't know if this is my path anymore yes. to be Lord like I, he, he always knew that he couldn't keep her in the land of the britain right that right she was a daughter he of the was, forest and that she needed her, to return back to go to her yes and so he is like you know i'm my life is going to be here she'll have me and like i love how like the brothers are basically like nah still not good enough and then her father was like you know what you've been through shit, you've been through hell, and you've sacrificed so many years, so it's up to you. Do yeah, you want to take him to back? Like, claim your man if you want him. I'm mm-hmm. not going to stop you. Oh, She goes yes, behind him, and she starts untying his blindfold, but puts her ring-fingered hand on the back of his neck like she did that one time, and he like gasps, and he's like, untie my hands, and he's freaking <laughs> out, and they have this beautiful moment where he's just like, you know, kissing her head, like being very chaste, and she's the one to initiate a kiss and like I love how like later I think it was um Cormac that tells her later like um even Liam was blushing about that only like, <laughs> oh, Liam had to like turn his head stuff. <laughs> and I love like Lord Colm her father yeah. just like you know find find your man somewhere to sleep and we'll talk tomorrow like right. and enough's been said tonight yeah and so they have their first night together and it's really sweet and she's uh, whenever she yeah. was um at Harrowfield she heard a lot of rumors about how hung he well, was well and how Gentle. And so gentle he was in Hung bed. like an ox, but and gentle, gentle as a lamb. lamb. I know. They're like, like the perfect man, you know? So he's so beautiful with her. And apparently they're fucking Randy as fuck for like the months to come because they like can't keep their hands off of each other. And I really love how seamlessly Hugh fits in with the family because I do too. he takes over the planting because yes, the, the that fields was always... have been so barren since yeah. the Lady Una has been there. 
And so he gets them back on track because he's yeah. good at that. What's that called? Husbandry? Yes. Like when yes. you know, like he's good at like the planting right. and the farming. And he like he goes with her whenever she goes do to her healing in the village. Yes. Like, he's he just always goes with, with her. her. Oh my God. Just- <laughs> They're like the perfect little couple. But I love that he, yeah, he was always so humble. He never wanted to be Lord of Harrowfell. Like he that was not important to him. Yeah, he, he was, was just, just doing like, whatever was expected of him. Right. Right. But he's actually finding you know, his a own purpose and a family yes. and he's he's yes. all about her it's yeah. wherever she is he wants to be no yes. matter what and that's what makes it, it this home a home right and i love how he, he and the brothers are sparring and I they're learning too. from each other because he has a totally different fighting style fighting st- i know and see i love that it's like they're coming together you know yes, i love it and then she's pregnant and yes. she finbar says that he is um he's going he can't stay here he, yeah. he needs to leave and it makes she's me very sad upset. finbar is finbar's Story makes me sad. Yes, and you know. she even says like your mind's always been close to me ever since you got back. Like I, I miss talking to you this way, and he kind of shows her a bit of the future. And so we see a little copper-haired <laughs> girl, and then this little boy yelling for her. And mm-hmm. um, we also see there's like a vague impression of a third child out in the forest, like looking on hungrily. Right. Can't and talk about that yet, but we yes, will. Yes, we will talk about it. And they're going to have many children, and they are. Lots. And guess so. what? We're going to talk about book two, where we see their children next week. <laughs> oh my god! And y'all, just like you're just. Don't even know. All the things that you were about happening back in Harrowfield um, are going to come back into play here again in the book, too. Yes. It's so I don't know cool. if I could pick a showdown for this book because I, I was like, trying I love to so think, too. Like, like I, I love honestly, the day at the sea. Me, too. I love the day love whenever the day he first sees her in the dress. I, I love, love whenever day. he confesses his love in front of her whole family. I know. Like, and what? I even love the climactic moment when he screams her oh. name and she calls his name. Oh. and. Yes. And the brothers are saved. It's like such so, a like huge momentous moment. All of those scenes are our showdown yeah. We can't <laughs> Just choose. Just lump them all together. <laughs> okay? We cannot choose. We cannot choose. Mm, it's lovely. <sighs> I love talking about this book. I'm so glad. This is one of the books that I want to put on the podcast initially, yeah. but I took it off because I'm like, it's not romance. But then yeah. I'm like, fuck it. I want to talk but about look, this damn book. I know, but look how much romance there is in it. There is. For the last, I mean, there the, is. once you if get you're past. Okay with, if you're good with fantasy, like if you like right. reading fantasy. Oh, Oh, yeah. I would give this book a try. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be some angst in her books, but I think it's just so beautiful. Yes. And like, the, I just love it. I just fucking yeah. love it. She's and um, book two is about Leoden, their daughter. Yes. So she is the heroine of book two yes. and the son of shadows. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. I can't wait to talk about that one. Y'all. Like, just it's wait. Juliet's favorite. <laughs> Well, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to the next one where we'll be discussing Son of Shadows by (laughs) Juliette Marier. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A.